Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. The Jonathan Cruz case was hastily investigated by authorities, but many questions remain. Come behind the curtain with private investigator Sheila Wysocki as she uncovers the truth about what happened to Jonathan. This is Without Warning. Warning. The following episode contains elements that are graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. In the last episode, you heard about Jonathan as a son, brother, friend, and boss. Jonathan was consistent in all those roles. His friends' descriptions were accurate, loving, caring, loyal, rational, and logical. You heard on February 2nd, 2014, a 911 call from his girlfriend, Brenda Lazaro. She claimed Jonathan shot himself in the chest. She told detectives they'd fought earlier in the day about another woman, eaten dinner, watched TV, and then talked in the bedroom, him lying in bed and she is sitting on the floor. Quote, we were just having a discussion and we were just talking, Brenda said to the 911 operator. However, the evidence tells another story. On this episode, you will hear about Brenda Lazaro, her family, her friends, and her job as told in public documents, the actual interviews from her friends, all in their own words. You will hear a familiar voice from Tom Shaw. As many of my listeners know, Tom Shaw is an outstanding attorney, one of the best I've come across for victims. Tom is a Dallas attorney and will get answers for his clients. He is worth his weight in gold. Brenda's background was different than Jonathan's. It took some investigation to gather information on Brenda. Originally, I was told she was born at Parkland Hospital, but later found out that wasn't true. According to her sister Isla, she was born in Oregon. The family moved to Mexico when Brenda was around five years old. Brenda's family moved back to the States, specifically Irving, Texas, when Brenda was a teenager. According to Brenda, she had a rough home life. It has been reported that Brenda started at North Lake College in the spring of 2006. Brenda also joined Wu Yi in Coppell, Texas under Henry Sue approximately 10 years prior to meeting Jonathan. Henry Sue presents himself as a mentor to the Kung Fu members or a father figure. Henry Sue referred to the Kung Fu community as the family. In this podcast, I too will refer to them as the family. I will go deeper into the loyalty of the family on another episode. Here is Henry Sue talking about his relationship with Brenda, the family, and Jonathan asking Henry to date Brenda. How long have you known 
Brenda Lozaro? Many years, uh, let's see, at least eight to 10 years. How did you meet her? She was a student in my class. Did you get to know her well? Pretty much. Like all my students, I try to coach, not just in martial arts, but also in life, in dealing with uh, situations in life, in school, in Korea, the whole works. So we had uh, some conversations. She's a very shy person, doesn't say very much. So that was one of the aspects that uh, all these years we've been trying to coach her how to uh, be more open and make friends and... How would you describe Brenda other than shy? Very hardworking, get, work out very hard. Uh, somebody I trust, somebody I can count on to help out. When she says she's gonna be there, she's gonna be there. Everybody likes her. She doesn't say very much, but she's appropriately friendly. Early on, in the earlier times when she was first starting the school, she used to be shy because language skills is not as good. So uh, the family, as you can imagine, everybody tried to be friendly and make sure that they open up the conversation with her. How often do you see Brenda? Recently, not very often, but uh, there were times when she would train and be in class just about every single day. At one, at one point, she was one of my uh, assistants, assistant instructors to help me with uh, teaching some of the kids. And there were times when she was uh, busy with school where she was off for probably more than a year. In the past year, what is the um, extent of your contact with Brenda Lazaro? Probably every, every day or every other day until the last six months, maybe. Have you ever said that Brenda's like a daughter to you? Probably. I said it about my students. Did you ever have any discussions with Brenda regarding Jonathan Cruz? Not, not at all, actually. Uh, other than the day when he asked me for permission to date her, which was kind of very interesting, uh, other than that. And she came out and later on said that, yes, we are getting pretty close. And that was about it. Did you give him permission to date her? Uh, it's, it's not me. To, I don't have any right to give her any permission. What She's, was your reaction to that? So I was very happy. because. What uh, was your reaction to that? The reaction to... to him to, asking if he could date Brenda. Uh, I, I was happy. What did you say to him? I said, of course. Anything I, else? And, and probably just said, make sure you take good care of her. Okay. Like I would tell, you know, if you are a parent, you, your, your daughter is dating somebody, you tell the boy, hey, you better take good care of her. Okay. Other than that, it was a happy situation. And, and I'm so happy that two of my students are getting together. And Jonathan is as much of the family as Brenda is. And so to have that, that is really a, a wonderful, happy thing. Do you know who Shirley Thompson is? Yes. Did you tell Shirley Thompson you were happy Brenda was dating a nice man from a good family? Probably, yes. Did you tell anyone else that? I think I told Susie that because I was genuinely happy that both of them are, you know, a nice couple. I think they, they're good 
good for each other. Both of them appeared to be very happy, and uh, I think Jonathan was treating her really well. And she, every time I see them together, they are very charming, smiley, very a good couple. So I'm happy to see that. Brenda's closest friends from the family generally describe her as nice, emotionally stable person who would never harm herself or anyone else. However, you all decide if they are lying to protect Brenda or Brenda has been a master at hiding her true self from them. None of the family would describe Brenda as emotionally unstable, have extreme jealousy, attempt suicide, or have any self-destructive behavior. The family who knew Brenda for more than 10 years would deny those behaviors. Here are the different family members talking about Brenda. Payam. Okay, so you've known her 10 years. Yes, sir. Where did you first meet her? At the martial arts school when I was nine years old. Now, um, the Brenda that you have known for 10 years, tell me about her. Give me, give me some adjectives to tell me how you would describe her. She was always just a good, great person. You know, I always looked up to her as an older sister. And, you know, she was very kind and uh, respectful. And, you know, I just treated her with the uh, utmost respect. And she was just a great person. That, that's about all I could say. That's basically everything I know about her. Was she, did you consider her an emotionally stable person? Yes, she was stable. Yes, sir. Emotionally stable? Yes, sir. Okay. Did you consider her to be a jealous person? Did she consider her to be a jealous person? Did you consider her to be oh, a jealous no. person? Oh, she no. Was, she was never the jealous type. Was she a drama queen? No, she was never a drama queen. Were you aware of any times where she harmed herself? Uh no, no, I've never like in the in the class or like in school or anything. Anywhere, anywhere? No, I've uh, never witnessed her harming herself. No, that would be inconsistent with your understanding of who she is. No, she was never like that person. She would never harm herself. She was always a good person. Okay, you'd consider someone who harmed themselves to be a bad person or emotionally unstable. Some they're feeling depressed or something like that. But she never was depressed. I've never seen her depressed ever. And do you know if she ever threatened to harm anyone? Nope. Objection. No, nope. she's never said anything. As I said before, she was the most kind and sweetest person I've ever met. I like in the school, she's one of the people I trust the most, aside from Henry Sue. Would you say Brenda is probably the nicest person you know? Yes. And you never saw her argue or fight with anyone, did you? Never. Didn't it seem odd to you that the person who never argued in her life was having an argument with Jonathan just before his death? Well, it's, it's personal. I don't like getting involved in that. Couples argue. That's just, it's just a normal, it's just normal for all couples. Uh, but it, underneath all that is always just love. And that's it. Uh, but you just told me that they weren't in love, that they were just dating. No, I mean, like, when they're when you're a couple is what I mean. Not, like, when you're in love and love and you want to get married and stuff like that. When you're in a relationship, arguments happen. It's just normal. It's just 
this just relieving stress and that they just relieve stress. Is just sometimes some people just take it too far. Were you aware that um, uh, Brenda told uh, Emily that uh, Jonathan belonged to her? She would no. She would never say something like that. That that. But that I don't know what if that happened, but. I know her for a fact that she would never say something like that. So her saying that uh, that someone belonged to her is just completely something she wouldn't say. Yeah, she would never. And so you know Henry Sue, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Do you know Henry Sue fairly well? Yes, sir. He, I've always seen him as a father figure because I met him when I was a kid, when I was nine. And he's just like... He's not my godfather, but like if something happened to my parents, he'll be the first person I'd go to. And uh, Mr. Sue encourages you to treat your fellow students as family, correct? Yes, sir. That's important, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Um, you view all the other students as family members, true? Yes, sir. And he encourages that? Yes, sir. So he takes care of uh, each of the family members? Yes, like you said, he'd be willing to do anything for them, right? Yes. Uh, was there a time when you and Derek Lowe and some of the other members of the family went to a Kung Fu camp? Uh, yes, we went to Kung Fu camp, I believe it was 2013 12. or 2012. Or I was... 2012 or 13? I was, it was the summer after my junior year, so I was still 16. So three years ago, yeah, 2013. Would Henry Sue have approved you as a minor sharing a room with one of the girls? Informed. One of the girls? Yes. Uh, no, because I did not share a room with anyone besides Garen. That would be inappropriate in your mind, correct? Yes, and he has enough trust for the people to know that they would never do that sort of inappropriate behavior. Do you think it would be appropriate for an an adult girl to room with a minor boy that she wasn't uh, related to? Like blood related? Yes. Well, any, anything other than this case or, or in this uh, situation, like the fact that we are a family at the Kung Fu school, if it's outside of Kung Fu with other people, then yeah, it'll be unorthodox. It'll be not normal, but we consider each other as family that it would be, it was fine uh, that an adult would share with the child because we were, fam- we were family. Okay. And that's what Henry taught you, right? Yes, sir. Okay. And you knew that the reason you're telling me this is because you knew that an adult woman uh, roomed with a minor boy during that, didn't you? Yes. And that minor boy was yes. correct? And that adult was Brenda, correct? Yes. And, of course, Henry knew about that, right? Yes. How do you know he knew about it? Well, I mean, it was there. Uh, We all had, it was a giant, it was a very long building, and everyone camped because there was the room that everyone uh, was living in. There was a cafeteria, and there was the gym that we all practiced martial arts. There was three, three rooms that we went to, and we basically knew who was where. And if we if we needed to see them or talk to them or do something, and she was she was never a selfish person. She'd always, if I was short on money at a restaurant, she'd always cover for me. 
Uh, she'd give me rice, like if I needed, if I wanted to go to school and my brother couldn't drive or my mom was not in the house, she would pick me up. She was just that kind of person. She wasn't selfish. Sharon. What do you do for a living? I'm a lawyer. Okay. And are you currently practicing law? Yes. What kind of work do you do? Um, I have two jobs, actually. So I'm an attorney that uh, represents Social Security disability claimants at their federal administrative law judge hearings. And I also am president of a company. Ah, what kind of company are you president of? Software, software solutions. Do you know the different people that are a part of this case? Do you know Brenda Lazaro? Yes. Did you meet her through Kung Fu? Yes. And did you know uh, Jonathan Cruz? I knew him not well. Okay. Do you know Danny Cruz? Yes. Also known as Danielle? Yes, I call her Danny. Okay. And you know Pam? Yes. And you know John? Yeah. And how do you know Through Kung Fu. Okay. Uh, But you remember her rooming with him? That I heard she did, yes. Okay. Who did you hear that from? I can't remember. Okay. Um, did you think that was odd, um, considering how old was? Yes. You did think it was odd? Yes. As a prosecutor, that set off bells in your head, didn't it? I wasn't crazy about it. Ladies and gentlemen. What are you doing? What do you mean? I'm making Just keep it simple. I'm making the promo. Just keep it simple. Just say, hey, we're the Bravo Bros. Two guys that talk about Bravo. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're the Brav Bros. No. Oh. Dude, stop with the voice. Just the vo- keep it simple. I've seen promos on TV, dude. This is how you get the fans engaged. This is how you get listeners. We're trying to get listeners here. If we just say, oh, we're two dudes that talk about Bravo, people are going to get tired of it already. We need some oomph. All right, then fine. Let's try to do it with your voice. Brav Bros. Good job. The story about an adult female staying with a minor male becomes important in the web of stories and cover-ups later. I have beeped out the young man's name since he was a minor at the time. From around 2009 to the summer of 2013, Brenda was in a relationship with Matthew Kirk. In contrast to the family stories, Matt, and corroborated by others, said Brenda consistently exhibited extremely controlling and jealous behavior during the entire course of their relationship. Matt was not even permitted to have a relationship with his own sister-in-law. And ultimately, Brenda drove a wedge between Matt and his family. According to Matt, during this time, Brenda cut her wrist numerous times, as well as banged her head against the wall, took drugs in combination with alcohol in an attempt to commit suicide or give the appearance of doing so, pulled her own hair out and committed other self-destructive acts. According to Matt, Brenda harmed herself over a hundred times during their relationship. On two occasions, Matt called 911. Can you state your name, please? Matthew Reza Kirk. How, how long have you known Lazaro? Um, I met her, I think, about August, uh, I think it was 2000. I, I, for the time, I knew her was five years. Five years, okay. 
four years something months. I say four years six at all. Okay. Have you talked to Ms. Lazaro in the past year? No. Okay. Would you take her call if she called you? Hell no. Okay. You understand that uh, when uh, Sheila interviewed you, she expected that you were going to tell the truth. I told the truth be- best to my knowledge. Okay. And and, you- uh, and I'll say something. I, I If you're implying that I lied about anything, I'm not. If I told her something wrong, it might have been by mistake. Maybe Because let me tell you one thing. She came into the office. I'm surprised. And if you expect me to memorize everything that happened between me and Brenda, which I'm trying to forget about, I am trying to forget that girl. I don't want to know anything about that girl. I'm, I, let me say this before I go any further. I don't want to know anything about that girl. She almost ruined my life. Okay. She ruined the relationship. And I'll say, I told her I didn't want to be involved in this again. And I told the other guy with a beard came into the office. I don't want to get involved because that girl ruined my, me and the relationship between me and my family, between me and my sister-in-law, and almost ruined me. Okay. And she put me down pretty badly. A girl breaks up with you through a text message that you, all you did in the relationship was try to help her as much as you can. I don't want to think about her. So if I say something wrong, it's probably because oh, I'm trying not to remember. Okay. I, would you characterize Brenda Lazaro as a jealous person? Very. Um, what about any friends? Was there any friends that she was particularly jealous of? Yeah, any girl friend. I mean, most of the girl or female friends that I had. I think there was a couple of female friends I had that she wasn't jealous of, but because that person, that friend didn't live anywhere near us. She lived in Houston. She's okay. a doctor. So she didn't feel threatened by that person? No. But anyone that lived near you, she felt threatened by? Not everybody. Just, I'd say not, not 100%, probably just most girls that were attractive. Let me, let me, yeah, let me clarify that. Either girls that were really attractive or she would feel like was attracted to. Did did she ever express displeasure with you communicating with other girls? Yes. And how did she express that? She cried. She got mad. She told me. Did she ever tell you that it's either her or these other people? All the time. Okay. And did you assure her that it was her? Or did you tell her that these were just friends? And oh, yeah. She should just... What, what's the? I'm sorry. I oh, gave okay. You a couple of so yes, you, what, everything you're saying is what I said. Okay. I told her that these are friends. It doesn't mean anything. You're the only person I'm with. I don't have these feelings towards these people, and you shouldn't worry about it. But she did anyways. Did she ever see you hug another woman? Yes. And was there hell to pay after that? Yes. Okay. You said she's jealous. Tell me how you concluded that. She told me. In a way, I'm jealous of your sister-in-law. Um, Is your sister-in-law pretty? Yeah, she's pretty. Okay. And was Brenda jealous of pretty women that you knew? She was jealous of any woman I talked to, and except would, for my mom and her sisters and her friends. Would, but if I had any friends, my she'd always say things such as, man, they're like, you like her? Or why are you going around them? She just got crazy whenever I went around any girl. How, how did she go crazy? <sighs> she cut herself at certain times. I, I think it wasn't from friends, but when I went around my sister-in-law, not long after that, she was cutting herself. Okay. And um, did she ever uh, try to reach out to these people and um, 
communicate with them in any way, shape? My sister-in-law, she has. Okay, how did she, she do that? Well, she told her that they actually, there was one day that they had a really big fight at my mom's house. Nothing physical, just verbal fight. She tried to confront her to make things better, and then she told her she didn't like how she was with me. She said, I don't like you hugging him or touching him, talking to him. Brenda said this to your sister-in-law? Yes. Okay, so she didn't like any kind of physical contact that you might have? Any contact at all. Any contact? Yeah. With other girls? With my sister-in-law. Okay. Oh, or most girls. I mean, it was so bad. Okay, I'll give you a perfect example. Um... My niece, when she was when she was born, okay, uh, I wanted to go to the hospital. She didn't want me to go. Why? Because she didn't want me around my sister-in-law. She was that bad, uh, and she was—I mean, she was cutting herself in my bathroom when I came back from because I went anyway. I was like, okay, I'm gonna go. I just don't want to tell her. I went, came back. She was kind. Of, she says, "You were around your niece, weren't you?" I said, "Yes, of course." What'd she say? Uh, she was crying, and she, her hand was full of blood. Okay, and you said that she was hurting herself. How was she hurting herself? Was uh, she cutting herself? Yes. Um, she cut her wrists. Um, While she was dating you? Yeah, several times. Several, several, several times. That's one thing I... Uh, it's very traumatizing. Well, she, she never did it in front of me. She did it in my restroom one time with scissors. Um, she got so bad that two times I had to call police on her to take her to the hospital over in Parkland. Uh, she also took drugs with alcohol. What kind of drugs? I don't know. Whatever she can find in her cabinet or in a cabinet, she would take it and just drink. I think it was mezcal. It's just like tequila, but not. Um, also, she pulled her hair sometimes. What else? Uh... I think she hit her head on the wall. Did she ever threaten you? No, no, she never threatened me. Okay. Um, did she ever tell you? Well, no, she threatened to kill my mom one time. Would she? Would she? Well, say? no, she just held some scissors in her hand, saying, "I'm going to go see your mom." That was one time, and that's the time that I called the police on her. Okay. The second time, to take her to the hospital, not to take her to jail. Yes. Okay. Well, you called the police. What did they do? Arrested. Well. They took her to the hospital. Okay. Is that a type of arrest? I don't think so. I don't know. I'm not. Okay. The police took her to the hospital. To the hospital. Which they hospital? never took her to jail. Parkland. Parkland. Okay. Did she ever threaten, uh, other than the time that uh, she came to your house after her mm-hmm. boyfriend had been killed, Did she, had she ever, on any other occasion, threatened to shoot herself? Before that? Yes. Yeah, I think she has, and I, I know she has before that. I don't remember when, but I, if you want me to write down the list of how many different times she tried to do something suicidal or crazy, it would be a long list. Okay, so while you were dating her for four and a half years, mm-hmm. yes? Yes. She yes. threatened to kill herself on more than one occasion? Yes. More than 10? Yes. More than 20? Yes. You also testified that she allegedly harmed herself multiple times. Yes. How many times would you say? Over 100. And earlier you had said it was maybe more than 10? He asked me if it was more than 10. And then he asked you if it was more than 20? Mm-hmm. So which is it? Is it? It's more than 100. If it's more than 10, 
it, it could be 20. If it's more than 20, it's definitely 100. It's more than 100. Okay. Lots of times. It's enough time that it caused me so much trauma from that. A lot of times, let me tell you this, it was so bad that after she left me, I was having lots of nightmares about it. Actually, I had a nightmare three to four times every week after she left me until I met my wife. Understand that that's not right. And I was having problems going to bed every night. So your testimony is that she's threatened to harm herself more than 100 times. Mm -hmm. No, she harmed her. Yeah, no, she harmed herself more than 100 times. Was she drinking or taking some kind of drugs when she was threatening to shoot herself? I only know that she, I think she tried to kill herself when we were in my home because I have guns. I like guns. I'm not crazy gun guy though. But I think one time she tried to take one of my guns and shoot her and I had to stop her. Luckily, she doesn't know how to use a gun very well. There was nothing in it. You never taught her? I taught her guns. Okay. But she doesn't understand what safety and if it's loaded or not means. And who was with her during these times? In the same room or in the same house? In the same room, witnessing her? Nobody. Neither you? Um, the only way I knew that she was doing these things, I think one time she took a picture of, like the alcohol, the pills, and sent it to me. And I saw her hands full of blood. And I saw, one time I saw her pull her hair. And I saw her hit her head on the wall. Um, you didn't want to get the police involved, did you? No, of course not. Okay. I don't want her to have a record. I know she wanted to become a teacher. It's not good for a teacher to have a record. And that's why you didn't call the police on the 98 other times that she (laughs) cut herself or injured herself. Exactly. Okay. And you only called her the two times or however many times the record shows you called her because it was particularly serious and you were worried. True? True. But it appeared that you were teaching her about handguns. Yeah, when we went to a gun range. Okay, so how many times did you take her to a gun range? I think twice. Twice? Yes. Okay. Two. But she knew her way around guns because of you. Uh, I wouldn't give myself blame on that. No, no, no. I'm not. Bl- I'm sorry. I'm not blaming you. Yeah, I'm just I've saying seen. she knew. She knew how to handle a gun. Yes. On two occasions, Matt called nine one one. On one of those occasions. Brenda approached Matt with bloody hands, scissors in her hands, saying that she was going to see Matt's mother. At the time, Matt took this as a threat against his mother. I stopped by Matt's office where he worked with his mom. The audio isn't great, but I will set up his response for you to hear directly. Remember, the audio is hard to hear with me. In this episode, I am only discussing Brenda. More in-depth listen to his interview on another episode. While dating Matt, Brenda told him in confidence that she witnessed a murder in San Bernardo with a friend. Here is Matt discussing Brenda's academics. And I was going to school and I took her classes for her. I mean, who cares, right? Okay, was she good in school? Yeah, she was good. She was a uh, she was a Spanish student. We were in history. She took a minor in history. We were in the history classes together, so she got a lot of help in her history class. She, with you, okay. Yeah, and we, then, we studied together, and I. Did she get a degree? Yes, she did get a degree. Okay, bachelor's in Spanish at UCLA. 
And that's where you went? Okay. Did she live with you? No, she did not. Is there anything that, uh, you know, when you took her to the, and this is just something, when you took her to the gun range, she was able to point and shoot and, yeah. Mm -hmm. she, was she scared of guns? I was like, nervous the first shot, but, but she didn't have a problem with it. She wasn't fearful of being around guns? I'm good at teaching. What so you never saying? worked at Walmart? Never in my life. Never in your life? Not even a life at Walmart. She knows she should go to Since I've never even been to Walmart when we were dating. I think I may have gone to a Walmart since then twice. I walked in Walmart once because I was there with a friend. Another time he's had a flat tire and I had nowhere else to go. Why would you say that? Probably because she doesn't want to travel to find me. Okay. Which would make sense. She's a smart girl, though. She's pretty clever. Now, did she ever lie to you about anything? No, not really. She's always pretty straightforward. She always said I'd never have anything to hide with me. And your mom and sister didn't care for her? No, they hated her. Okay. No, my sister-in-law hated her. My mom liked her, but my sister-in-law convinced her to hate her. She always said that she's not good enough for you. Anything else that you can think of? What else did she say about me? That I didn't have ambition? Do you really want to know? Yeah, I do. I mean, it's hurtful. I don't care. Um, that you were, you didn't exercise and you were overweight and not physically fit. Yeah, it's true. No, at that time, I gained a lot of weight. Uh, when I got into the relationship with her, my family stopped talking to me, and I got into a depression. Uh, I gained a lot of weight. Um, and, I mean, with that girl, the only thing she ever wanted to eat, I mean, I paid for everything that we did. Mm -hmm. She had no money almost. Mm -hmm. Her family's very poor. Mm -hmm. But I paid for everything that we did, you know. I took her out to eat everywhere, and she always liked eating McDonald's. And she loved McDonald's, so we went to McDonald's. We went to school, studied at McDonald's. I helped her sit there, you know. She had a laptop, which was a crappy one, and she had used my laptop a lot. I mean, I took care of that girl. I, I was a little bit overweight, yeah. Ambitious, maybe I was depressed, though. So. And then losing my family a second time, because I lost my family for the first time, too. The previous relationship. Oh, God. They didn't accept it. Okay. But when I'm with a girl, I say, accept her or I don't want y'all. I mean, y'all got to accept me and my my woman. And, uh, you know, anyways. I mean, those were the things, like I said, we started out at Walmart. What else did she say? No, that's it. That, that is totally it. That is all I know. And that's where, um, you know, uh, the Walmart thing is where we started. And they didn't have you know, anywhere. Oh, that's just odd. I mean, it's just odd. I thought she was cheating on me at the first end of that relationship, though. So yeah. it might have been with this guy. They only dated eight weeks. Oh, really? Six weeks. Yeah, she told me they were talking about having kids, and uh, they were in love. Did she say anything else they talked about? Did she mention if they were having any problems? Um, no. She said that we were, I said, what happened? Why? She said, she said, so what happened? And uh, she said, you know, we were just talking. One day he was just playing with a gun, and he shot himself. So that's why you text. She came over to your house, and that's why you text her. And then Danny 
said my brother or her boyfriend just died. It wasn't that you she initiated who ini- she initiated it by coming to your house. Uh-huh. That's why you did that. Okay. Did that makes, text her and then Danny goes, you know, she's uh she, her boyfriend just died. Danny's a sister, right? Danny's a sister, sorry. Yes, no, that's okay. I remember that. Yeah, so that's so she came over and then you text her and then okay, that makes total sense. Um so you weren't constantly trying to get back with her. She initiated it. Oh, I gave up on her. Okay. And when she came over, did she tell you that if the police were suspicious of her or if they took her in for a question? No, no. Did she tell you no. um, that they were, no. that they talked, brought her in and stuff? Okay. No, I didn't know anything else after that. Okay. okay. And she, one day she came over to us and I gave her a hug, said, I'm sorry. She's going to leave. I said, you know, don't do anything. I'm here if you ever need any help with anything, but that's all. Okay. She says I'm really mean things that day. Even when she came over, she said, you know, he's a better guy than you ever wore. And this and that. To you on that day? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was kind of nice. Not nice. That's very not nice. We've all seen the headlines in the news of how someone lost their life in an act of cold-blooded murder. And while it's sad and grabs your attention, most people go on with their day without giving it another thought. But have you ever stopped to think about the life of the person at the center of the news story? They were more than just a headline or a statistic. They were someone's loved one or friend. I'm Mike Morford, and my podcast, The Murder of My Family, dives into some of those stories to help listeners get to know the person who was lost and how their death affected those closest to them. Listen to The Murder of My Family everywhere you listen to podcasts. There are well over 100 episodes to binge on now. I finished up the conversation with Matt, headed to the door, and he followed me out. The audio progressively got worse and worse as I was fumbling around to keep the audio going. So this is a continuation of my conversation with Matt, even worse audio than before. And they were close with her, but she had one friend that she was always hanging out with. She had another friend that's just not a good girl. Um, was that Karen? Karen is not the good girl, right? The, Karen's not the good oh, girl. Oh, no, Karen is the white girl. Uh, yeah. Yes, yeah, oh, she's okay. a good girl. She's, she's a good girl. She's a good girl. Okay. Now, Lauren is the one that was Laurel. Laurel's other friend. Okay. She's just um, two-faced. Okay. Um, I don't even know that name. She probably don't know anything anyways. Yeah, I don't know that name. But uh, Karen we spoke to this morning, so we've already talked to her. Do you live in Texas now? No, I uh, actually live in Florida, uh, so, uh, yeah, um, but I, you know, travel, mm-hmm. you know, I'm all over every, all the no, time. No, I understand what you do, I watch Magnum P.I. You watch Magnum P.I.? He's one of my favorites, because he, well, besides being great looking, but I like his car, and he's so funny. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's That's great. That's my favorite show. I can't think of his sidekick's name. What is the... C. Higgins and uh, Rick. Okay. Rick it's, is the guy that works in the... Uh, it, the who's the guy who manages the house? Uh, Jonathan Higgins. Okay. Yeah, the shorter guy with the... Yeah, he's awesome. But, yeah, our our thing is I don't make judgments. I know. I It's not my job to make a judgment. Mm-hmm. I just gather it and turn it in but and I'm done. I'm going to be able to watch my back. Yeah, you're not going to be... This has happened to me. Nothing. No, you're not... This is... You're not going to be arrested or anything. I'm not the police. I'm not, you know... I'm just, I'm just taking them, turning them in, and I'm done. Mm-hmm. 
So, and that's all. I'm just gathering information. Your name kept coming up. So we obviously had to talk to you. And, um, you know, it just makes sense. Thank you. Let's recap the conversation. Matt said that Brenda was a good student. However, he took her classes for her. Matt said that he and Brenda did not live together. Matt also said he paid for everything and Brenda didn't eat very much. She loved McDonald's, and that's a theme that we'll hear throughout the story. Matt also described how poor Brenda's family was and how he tried to help her, and he really took care of her, according to Matt. The most interesting part of the conversation was the shooting range. When asked about Brenda shooting a gun, he told me that he taught her how to shoot a gun and that she was nervous with the first shot, but didn't have a problem after that. The description that Matt used was, Brenda was a smart girl, and then he changed the word to clever. I happen to agree with him. Matt also talked about going into a depression, losing his family, and how isolated he was. The reason Walmart came up was Brenda told her friends that Matt worked at Walmart. Matt did not work at Walmart. He did, however, work at a place called Drive Time. File that away for later. Matt will be an incredible source of information during the investigation. There will be a lot more of Matt later. Part of the clip was hard to understand about the good girls and the bad girls. I spoke to the people who knew the one that Matt referred to as bad and then made an appointment to meet her myself. According to the witnesses, Brenda did not like this particular girl and deemed her bad. This story was repeated over and over when talking to witnesses. Brenda told different family members stories that would put into question this young lady's character. Different Wu Yi family members turned on this beautiful, smart, talented young lady isolating her. The young lady had been a friend of Jonathan's for years. He was spotted by Brenda speaking to the beautiful, smart, talented young lady. One would think no other girl could talk to Jonathan, especially a beautiful, smart, talented young lady. After Jonathan's death, Brenda replaced this beautiful, smart, talented young lady in Allison and Alex's wedding. Of course, Alex and Allison are part of the Kung Fu family. Prior to the wedding, there were photos taken along with a description. Here is the description of Brenda, Allison's bridesmaid. Quote, Brenda Lazaro, bridesmaid. Brenda does what she wants, when she wants, while giving off a princess personality, she can actually annihilate you without putting forth too much effort. Parentheses, no, for real, end of parentheses. She also lets us put her in a lion suit and throw her around, end of quote. As I take you through the investigation, you, the listener, decide. Was Brenda a master manipulator at hiding herself, or did she have a little help from her friends? Let's one more time read what was written about Brenda as a bridesmaid. Brenda does what she wants, when she wants, 
while giving off a princess persona, she can actually annihilate you without putting forth too much effort. No, for real. She also lets us put her in a lion suit and throw her around. You decide. On the next episode, I will discuss Coppell, Texas, the Coppell Police Department, and the politics behind the case. If you're coming to Nashville for a bachelorette party, absolutely check out Blush of Nashville. Hannah will take care of all the needs and make sure that you have a wonderful time experiencing Nashville. If you've moved to Nashville, I want you to check out Trim Light of Nashville. So if you put up Christmas lights every year and take them down, a look at this company and do permanent lights year round. You can have Christmas lights, Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, all different colors. My neighbors like it, I love it. I will be doing a Q&A at the end of each podcast. Send in your questions about Jonathan Cruz's case, and yours may be chosen to be read on the podcast and may be answered. As I study and look into the evidence of the Jonathan Cruz case, one thing keeps coming up as a red flag in my opinion. There seems to be a family or a brotherhood when it comes to the martial arts school. How far would a family or a brotherhood take things to protect one of its own and become more of a cult? I am looking into a cult expert. Great question. In every case, there is someone in the community who holds information that may be significant in solving a case. Relationships change over time. And many cold cases are solved when a former witness, friend, or relative is located who is tired of hiding information and shares that information with investigators. If you have any information about this case, please contact our voicemail comment line at 888-599-0008. You can leave an anonymous tip or you can leave your contact information. We will call you back and speak with you directly. You can also email information to Sheila at SheilaWysocki.com. Without warning, executive director, executive producer, and host Sheila Wysocki. Announcer, Tim Evans. 